This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You know, we've been talking marijuana so much, I almost forgot about beer. Uh, We'll discuss that, the beer tax being frozen here in the province of Ontario. I think there were two escalator taxes to kick in this year alone, and uh, that does add to the cost at the tap or however you actually buy your beer. But uh, we're going to hear from somebody in the industry, the chair of Beer Canada and the president and CEO of Waterloo Brewing, George Croft, shortly. Right now, we've got Conrad Black joining us on the line, noted author, commentator, and historian. Conrad, how goes the battle? That goes fine for me. John, how about you? Well, I'm not sure because, you know, this climate change thing, I read this dire report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change earlier this week, and... uh, It's rather severe. They say by the year 2100, the world will no longer be recognizable if we don't do anything. Uh, Decreasing life expectancy, reduced outdoor labor productivity, and lower quality of life in many regions because of too frequent heat waves and other climate extremes. And they say that's two two degrees increase. Uh, Right now, we're doing our best to even get to 1.5 and limited at that. Uh, But it's still not enough. we got to ramp things up. What do you make of it? Well, they're, I find them discredited. They gave us the hockey stick, you know, Dr. Mann. They've been alarmists all along. They've made predictions that that didn't come true, and, they're, you know, they're like the boy crying wolf, you know. Uh, we've got to be vigilant. We have to be careful. But the fact is there's no evidence that the world's getting warmer, and there's no evidence that climate is changing in a way that's unusual, and there's no evidence that... Any activity of man influences these things. Now, obviously, we've got to watch every possible monitor, and and in general, we want to do everything to reduce reduce pollution that isn't economically counterproductive. We can't just throw, you know, everybody out of work in the oil business because you know automobiles do cause some pollution. Uh, you, you know, we we've got to try and take the the uh, what's called in the Civil Code of Quebec, the balance of inconveniences and spare ourselves as much long-term and short-term problems as we can, but uh, and, 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 and just keep studying it carefully and intensively. But these constant cries that we have to r- radically change the way we live and the entire basis of the economy of the advanced world because of unproved fears is, is not something that we can do. I mean, we can we can do it, but it would be a terrible mistake to do it. And the people who would be laughing at us the loudest are the Chinese, who are the greatest offenders. Well, they're talking this IPCC panel here from the United Nations that, uh, you know, we need to see our emissions taxes go up by about 150 to 200 dollars per ton right now we're at 20 and uh, justin trudeau's got a graduating scale to i guess 50 dollars by uh, per ton by 2022 i mean they're talking 150 to 200 we're not even getting close and already and should we uh, look uh, my view is that with the best intentions by a great many people what effectively has happened is that the environmental movement has been taken over by the defeated international left. They were routed in the Cold War. 
China became a capitalist country and, and communism as such was completely overthrown and rejected everywhere else except to some extent North Korea and Cuba, and they, they won't be long in, in, uh, in the grace of conversion either, uh, with Donald Trump helping them. And, and uh, so they've taken over the environment movement and turned it into an apparently non-ideologically and scientifically based assault on capitalism. And what you just referred to is is the surest method of completely destroying our economic system. And there is no environmental grounds to do anything of the kind at this time. As I say, we, 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 we're all opposed to pollution and Everybody in sound of sound mind agrees that we, we we have to see if anything is happening, and that we have real evidence to judge what it is that's happening and what we can do to protect the planet. Everyone is in favor of that, but getting ahead of ourselves and 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 committing to a course of economic self-induced disaster because of unproved uh, potential eventualities if we don't do it is just nonsense. In other words, it's wealth redistribution through environmentalism. And, and, and now they've sort of thrown down the mask. They're not so much inter- interested in wealth redistribution other than themselves. Centi-millionaires like Al Gore and so on, a complete charlatan who made a fortune out of this, uh, as they are just destroying the capital system, which has its failings, but it's the only economic system that works because it is the only one that is attuned to the desire of people, practically universal desire of people to have more. I mean, we're all like squirrels laying up acorns for the winter. That's what we're doing. Well, they're telling us to throw all the acorns away and and uh, and and not look for shelter in the winter and instead toil to you know change the cloud patterns or something. It's it, it it's a fraud in my opinion, and it's it's it, it pains me to say that because we have to take climate science. It, Though it's in its infancy, we have to take it seriously and we have to watch it. But we don't, it's as bad or worse to act prematurely as it is to act tardily. Well, and the report having come out at the same time that Michael was devastating the Florida panhandle, I guess, for a lot of people, that added currency to the urgency. Yeah, it, look, it, it, it's, it, I mean, devastating. It was a heavy rainfall. It's the fourth heaviest rainfall they've had in history. I mean, these things happen. Tropical storms have been, have been going on there as long as we've recorded things in, in that part of, uh, of North America. And, and uh, you know, they happen. Uh, there's no evidence that they're getting worse or better or changing. Again with Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian, on another environmental matter. I, just if I may remember, that, that gang at the, inter, the, the panel, inter, National Intercontinental or whatever it is, panel, right. uh, the, 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 sponsored by the United Nations, they, they got a great deal of egg in their face a few years ago in that whole East Anglia thing where they tried to suppress numbers that, that were contrary to the case they were making, and they engaged in outright bad faith. And they lost an awful lot of credibility with that. All right. I, I was mentioning on the environmental front as well, you know, the Supreme Court came out with a big ruling yesterday where the legislators, meaning the lawmakers here, have no duty to consult when crafting legislation that may impact, like, indigenous hunting, fishing, or environmental concerns or areas. Uh, to me, I read this as they're basically obviating judge-made law and saying that uh the legislators or lawmakers are sovereign in this regard. What do you, how do you read it? I am hoping that your interpretation is correct. And, and I want to be clear, I absolutely am opposed, as I'm sure you are, and most of your listeners would be, to, to doing anything negligent or, or harmful or in, you know, intentionally 
uh, prejudicial to Native people or any other groups. But, uh, but uh, this business of stopping everything, including matters of the highest national interest, such as pipelines, uh, for the sake of further consultation with Native groups, some of whom uh, have, to be, have to be questioned as to their good faith and their motives, um, that had to stop. And, and if, if the legislators are finally pulling themselves together and saying, uh, you know, the, we respect the courts and they must be respected, but we make the laws and they interpret the laws and, and we have been elected by the people who are sovereign to, to legislate for them, then, then, I, then I think we're turning in the right direction, and as it always does eventually in a sophisticated country, democracy is working. Conrad, finally, I've got to ask you about something. It dials back to your column from last week in the Post, and uh, where you talk at the end by saying the U.S. is better served by its media than we are, and uh, as you're ranting about free speech and how it's somehow being curtailed here in this country, you know, with the PC brigades and so on and so forth, because I know they were heckling you out there at uh, Queen's University on the case of Johnny McDonald being a genocidist. We're, we're both genocidists. Yeah, well, okay. I'm honored to be with him in the dock. <laughs> but you, you also go on to say that uh, denying the right to debate to Faith Goldie here municipally is an outrage. Why do you say that? Uh, yeah, I, I returned to that in the National Post this week. Um, uh, look, uh, I know her, and, and she has been careless in some of the things she's done, but she is not a racist, and and her views would not be offensive to any ethnic or religious group. Uh, she she has sort of tested the envelope too much. She's recited those fourteen words about uh, secure our future and make and make sure there's a future for white children and so forth. Uh, but she's done it by changing the word white to native children or um, African-American children or whatever, and, and people agree with it. She's demonstrating political correctness. She's being acute in a way, and, and she, she was ambiguous in, earlier on in some comments about Richard Spencer, who is basically a Nazi, in my opinion, from what I've seen of him. And she's been reckless, and she shouldn't have been, and she deserves a you know, a, a, a slapping down of sorts for that. But she does not deserve to be denied the right to express herself. All the polls show she's the third candidate in, in this election, distant behind Tory in, in particular, but but still she's the third candidate and well ahead of all the others. And there, I think there are over 30 official ones. And, and, uh, and she's entitled to, to to give her opinions, and her opinions are not extreme. They they taunt some people, and goad some, and and tantalize some. But she is, and she should clean that up. I mean, she's an intelligent woman, and she should be more careful. But but even if she was a person of unacceptable views on racial subjects, she's entitled to be heard. But she is not such a person, so she's doubly entitled to be heard. And you've uh, written about that in tomorrow's post. Look forward to it anxiously, and uh, I look forward to talking again next Friday, as always. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much, John. Same to you, and happy weekend to your listeners. Thank you. Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian. We'll take a break, a beer break of sorts. When we come back, we'll find out about this new tax that has been uh, curtailed by the Ford government, whether or not it was the right move or not, because it's saving uh while the beer drinker will take it as a bit of a bonus, uh, some are saying the coffers will be deprived of hundreds of millions of dollars. So we'll see what you have to say shortly. George Croft is going to join us. He's the president and CEO of Waterloo Brewing and also the chair of Beer Canada. Next on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto.